This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hello, welcome to Spidey's 16th Minute. It's so different just watching ourselves on camera here. I'm not looking up. It's a little awkward. (laughs) We have a teleprompter in front of us because today we have Teddy Mellencamp joining us on Zoom. Normally our, I was going to say patients, (laughs) (laughs) our guests. They are Um, patient with us. Yes, they are uh, come in person, but we are doing an exception today and we are going to do a Zoom First, Spencer and I are going to catch you up on Thanksgiving and everything going on in Spidey World. How was your Thanksgiving, Spencer? Uh, my Thanksgiving. It was an emotional roller coaster because for, I want to say, a solid month leading up to it, my sister, not my older one, my younger one, uh, was going to be allegedly in attendance. Mm-hmm. So we prepared extra for her you know, arrival, arrival, you know, big, big celebrity. You just want to make sure everything's perfect for her so that everything goes right. And, you know, you want it to go right because, you know, your parents are there. You just want everyone to have a great time. And then the day of, I guess she was um, having jet lag from Hawaii, you know, so I think it was 2 p.m. for her big three hour difference. So, you know, she ended up not showing up, which financially for me actually hurt my pocketbook. So eventually I should invoice her because we did an Air One catering. And I had, when you add one more person to an Air One Thanksgiving, I went with the bigger turkey. I got X, I got three sides of gravy. I mean, it was, uh, it wasn't a cheap little change up. So ended up working out great regardless. You know, it's, if she was there, that's awesome. If she wasn't there, that's awesome, awesome, whatever. Everything's awesome. But the best part of my Thanksgiving, I actually am not going to say the name of the Mexican restaurant because I like having a secret spot we go to. So sorry, don't DM me. But I had, I think, the best th- lunch of my entire life. We went out to lunch with Gunner, Riker, and my dad. We invited my mom, but she didn't want to leave the house with the oven on because she was making some incredible um, what were those potatoes she called them? Gratin. They were 10 out of 10, mom. Better than anything from marijuana, honestly. So she didn't come. But it was like every day I've been thinking about that meal. Like, I don't know if the chef was just in such a good mood or there was nobody at the restaurant. So he had more time to prepare. But also the skinny margarita was truly one of the best margaritas I've ever had. So that I'll always think about that Thanksgiving that Stephanie didn't show up. And the best Mexican meal of my entire life. So there you go. That was my Thanksgiving. Any other thoughts? 
Um, I felt like it was a good Thanksgiving, but I also felt kind of like a failure as a mom on Thanksgiving because I didn't do enough for Gunner. I felt like I was waiting for your parents to come later and we were going to kind of do like a family thing. And then he was waiting and everybody kind of got there a little later than anticipated. And I should have, that was the like family time and the time that I thought we kind of celebrate Thanksgiving. So I didn't really plan other things for him, but like normally when my family is there, whatever we do, gingerbread houses. So I should have done that because that's one of his favorite things. But my mom's like, oh, I'll bring it when I come. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just wait a few days because my mom's here now. So I didn't do that, which I normally would have done. And then I didn't take him to Will Rogers, which was also my plan because we went to the lunch, which was really fun and great too. But like for him, you know, so it was tricky because I just felt like it was, I should have done more for Gunner. So next Thanksgiving, I'm going to make sure no matter who's there, no matter what's happening, I have more of an agenda and activities for Gunner. So I felt a little disappointed in myself for that. You looked very sad. I was. I think you may have cried. I did cry. Yeah, she cried. Um, Yep. Yeah, tricky. Tricky. Tricky Thanksgiving. Also, he thought his cousin Grant, who he loves, was coming for some reason, so we weren't clear. He just thinks holidays, family is supposed to all be together. My older sister goes to Northern California Mm -hmm. with her family, so I think she needs to start doing like every other year. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. She's such a big presence, and I love having your sister there. I know she's listening to this podcast. So Chris, you know, <laughs> I think you need to make more of an effort and bring your family yeah. with yeah, our family. We want to share. Um, so yeah, that was Thanksgiving. I have been mostly caught up on The Bachelor in Paradise. So I'm interested in the couples that are coupling up. I don't know why everyone's not going for Rachel. I feel like she is such a freaking catch. She's so funny and nice and grounded and beautiful inside. So it'll be interesting. I think she just chose Tanner. They brought someone, the race car driver back on from her season. So that was all very Who's my favorite? The that one girl, the one lady. Which the, one? the one that's the best on the show. Cat. She's a TV the wild star. One. Yeah. She's a, that's yeah. A, that's how definitely. you bring it. That's how you don't get edited out. Yeah, she. It is like her show. Yeah. She is the uh, main the character. It's like of the Bachelorette. Show. Yeah, she's done a really good job. She's very and I really believe her when she's upset. I'm like, <laughs> I think she's really upset. I think so too. <laughs> I don't think this is an act. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Uh, my mom is here. She's arrived. Thankfully, she is holding down the fort between Gunner and Riker. Our nanny that we hired is sick and she had kidney stones and she has the flu. So if we didn't have my mom here, I think we'd be in a lot of trouble right now because like who'd be babysitting Riker. Yep. And we had Cyber Monday, our first time with TikTok Shop Live, which is a new feature that is incredible, but it's also the most pressure I've actually felt on social media ever because like you have, like you want to maintain your live audience while you're selling. So it's like QVC times 10 because QVC and HSN shows you're not interacting right with the person. And somebody's like, can I see that on a gold chain? Can I see that on a sterling chain? You want to lose an order. So for five hours straight, I was just slanging Pradaddy drip. And I think I had like, I want to say like a thousand milligrams of caffeine. So Last night, I could not fall asleep. I was just laying there. Thank God for scrolling. So I scrolled the entire planet Earth. If there's any information you'd like to know about the last two days on Earth, I have locked it in. Great. I have none. No questions? No, I have no information. So oh, I, I could just fill well, in. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. We're also in, I'm starting all my binge watching of suits. I manifested my own legal energy because we're about to sue a major label that stole Heidi's viral song. I'll do it. Uploaded it to TikTok. It's been in the trending popular TikTok charts for months now where it actually says popular, which only like Tate McRae, who's got greedy right now, like the big hitters get popular music and they've been monetizing the streams as it's their own. So can't wait to have my first lawsuit and, you know, get buy a suit that fits and hopefully go to court and do my best, um, 
you know, Rachel energy and then a little bit of Lewis and, you know, I think we're, we have a perfect case. So I can't wait to see how much we win in damages. Cause emotionally I have, this has been stressing me out because we worked really hard on Heidi's album and we finally, what, 13 years later, it's popular and it doesn't say Heidi Montag on it. It's got some lovely, I think, Chinese lady, you know, I think it's pretty, pretty. So I'll keep you posted on the court case. Also, I got another big update. Ready, honey? My movie with my best friend, James Franco, is back on. He hadn't been really texting a lot with me. And I was kind of like in my feelings, but he did make the shirt. It was big at Complex Con with Heidi and our paparazzi. It was actually, which is pretty interesting. It's our first paparazzi photo shoot ever, walking on the beach at the Bacara. And I don't know if he knew that, the power of that photo. So he made a shirt and he's selling it for, I think, $300. We're not seeing a dollar of that, just so we're clear. I was going to say, what are the rights of that? I guess maybe he had to buy the they rights. They put the art on it. So once you like... Um, change yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, change it enough. I was like, wait, BFF, what's our cut of that? So I think he's just assuming when our movie comes out, like I'll get a bigger split of the back end of the movie. Right. So I messaged with his girlfriend, who's, I'm going to say his manager at this point, <laughs> at least, you know, his handler dealing with me. Uh, and she said the reason why he's kind of been MIA on pre-production of our film is his movie in Italy they flew him back to Italy. So I wrote, am I supposed to be in Italy? She actually said, yes, I think you should head over there. So Heidi and I were discussing if we could allocate the, the first class ticket budget and the five-star hotel I would stay in to Italy by myself. Yeah, you know, I'm the one who I want to go to Italy. I want to You've, you've tour. already been. I've never even been to Italy. So, Well, the first time you're going to go is with me. Oh, so I guess yeah. we're going to Italy next episode of Spidey 16 Minute. <laughs> what else? That's one of my big things. Lawsuit. But we actually have a different, Jesuit. we have two lawsuits. Oh, yeah. I, just, I will save that for another episode. We're also suing a different, um, weird, I'm telling you, you watch <laughs> Suits and you're just going to rebrand. <laughs> so a different company took yeah. our, they hired us to do an Instagram ad that they were going to post and we have a contract. It says IG. We're not even supposed to post it. They're just supposed to post it. And they went and made a TV commercial out of it, which is great if you want to pay us for a TV commercial. And since we just did a TV commercial, shout out Mim Mobile, we know exactly what a TV commercial pays. And we didn't get paid for a TV commercial. So that's another winning case we have. So anybody that's looking for, you know, paralegal energy you know slide in the dms I, I can take a look at your case you know on my slate what else yep. I and i have my surgery suits. tomorrow so that's oh that's breaking news that's gearing up yep and uh deciding how much of it i film or not so i'm like okay i put everything on snapchat that's totally my life that's where everything lives should i put it on there but then i have my hydroxy cut campaign coming out and I don't want it to like overshadow it because I'm already kind of known for cosmetic surgery. If you didn't know, I've had some in the past and I just, I already had that happen to me years ago. I had this huge QVC deal. I don't know if I've told this story, but, um, I had this QVC deal. I had the dry shampooed made. We just went to the jungle and marketed it, had this huge, that's why we were so emotionally invested about the dry shampoo and having it and then ripping the label off of it because I'm like, they're ripping millions of dollars that's our off of that. Yeah, that's our marketing. It was strategically planned. Uh, you could bring one item into the jungle. I brought my dry shampoo. So it was a whole thing. Anyways, I went in for the cosmetic surgery. I came out and the deal was canceled and they were like, we cannot associate with that. I'm like, I've already had cosmetic surgery, but it was a different time and place. Obviously I had like 10 procedures done. It was so controversial at the time and no one was talking about plastic surgery. And they just said it was like brand damaging and that it overshadowed it. QVC canceled the deal. The hair dry shampoo was canceled, the whole thing. So 
Anyways, I don't want to relive that situation with the hydroxy cut campaign. So I'm asking them like, hey, what do you think? Is it okay to like share this? Would you rather me not talk about it anymore? I've already talked about it on my podcast, but these are places that I feel like I have real people like invested in my life and make an effort to seek me on these certain platforms. And it's just kind of a daily. Our favorite people was listening. That's right. People that matter. Our thousand fans that keep us going. Is that right? Yeah. But we have thousands. I know. We only need that thousand that really care, allegedly. Okay. Um, You know what I love and that maybe we can get him on the podcast. You could talk him into it. But your new plastic surgeon, who's the most famous plastic surgeon in the world, he was like so shocked at the blowback. He's like, everything you did is so like, I know it's he's a bias because he's a surgeon, but that's a pretty good gauge of he felt that all of the minor, as what you've always referred to it, things were so blown out. Like he's like, you didn't, the way he saw it is like, you didn't get that much. Yeah. So I told yeah, the surgeon, I was like, it. okay. You know, I'm known for cosmetic surgery. He knew Dr. Frank Ryan, who was my previous surgeon, who did all the controversial plastic surgery and all that. Um, and the, Dr. Frank Ryan at the time was shocked at the blowback. He's like, I do this on a daily basis. Like, there's nothing talked about. So I told the surgeon, I was like, yeah, I've had this happen. You can check it out if you want. So he was like shocked, like thinking, oh, what did she have done and all this and kind of asking me and looking. And he's like, yeah, he did a great job. And he was great. And then he like, on the net, he did his research or looked into it. I don't know. He had no idea or acted like he had no idea who I was when I came in. And then he looked at me on the second consultation, kind of with like a smile. And was just like, you didn't have that much done. Like that wasn't. So he thought, I don't know what he thought my transformation was, but he, in his mind of like, Anyways, if you have to meet this guy to know what well, we that gotta get him on. Meant, you think he is good? so brilliant. I don't know, but I'm also like, not even getting discounted. <laughs> I don't no, know. No, we, like, we still need, we need guests, honey. So it's like, we, yeah, he is one of so, those people. I'm not that, getting a discount. So you don't get to come on the podcast. <laughs> so like, no, honey. I don't even know people. He's know. got clout. We need clout on this. Uh, okay. He can say I did blah, blah, blah. And in vogue for blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe we can name drop some, some, get some scoop out of that. So I've also met a few people who have gone to him and everybody says he is the best plastic surgeon in the world, that people are coming all over from Saudi Arabia, that this is where the billionaires go. And his prices match that reputation, but he is incredible. And I just saw somebody who did way more cosmetic surgeries than I did and got like the full facelift, all this stuff. And three weeks later, she's looking really good. She's coming by today, prattdaddy.com which you can check out and giving uh, her influence. So technically the surgeon has already made us some money. So she said that today. I actually watched her story and she's like, she we should have you. her on. She's very funny and interesting. She's like, so money is actually, people don't realize an energy. And when you like give money and when you do certain things, like you move money around. She said, one year ago, I gave all my money away over five figures that I made that year to a charity. And then the next day, uh, Dr. K.O. called me and said, like, I actually just had an opening for you. And she's like, I was supposed to wait until she was on a wait list for a year, over a year and a half for Dr. K.O. That's now how you just said his name. Oh, delete that. For or the blur doctor. that out. Bleep uh, it out. Okay. Bleep well, it whatever. Out, I already have I mean, it. I've already said his name. Oh, okay. I think, but... It's, she's not getting a discount though. Don't you think <laughs> this is a promo? So it is. It was interesting what she said with money and like the the fluctuating energy of hey, it. Hey, I'm going to ask her about that because she's I'm, very I'm, funny. I got a lot of energy and just, I mean, I'm maybe these lawsuits will show up yeah, some money. Yeah, he's a translate. Like, the thing with these lawsuits that's so frustrating is like we already did the work and then for people to come in and just take advantage or change contracts, it's like that's stealing. You just stole from so, me. So it's not really a lawsuit. It's just getting money back that they stole like you can't just I make a, read. there's contracts for a reason and there's like the work that has been done and the you can't just steal things I wanna, that's stealing I quote i won't say her name but she's at the record label because okay. i was like am i tripping off of like how emotional i am for this and she says uh because i said um 
I said, this is worth a fight, right? She says, it is for many reasons. So far, this one and the second one you sent are people manipulating Heidi's art for their personal gain, and it's messed up. She worked hard on that music, and they're <laughs> reaping the benefits without giving her proper attribution. That's not fan art. That's stealing. That's what I'm saying. That is theft. And we paid for it. I worked for it. We did it. We promoted it. We have put it where it is. We worked so and hard for that. they're getting popular. And it doesn't even yeah. say Heidi's name. And it's thieves. I'm actually so, like, a lawsuit is actually like a misleading word because I th- hear lawsuit and I'm like, oh, you know, it's just like a sounds money like thing. A yeah, it like, sounds like oh, you're like scammers, trying to get money out yeah. of someone. It's like, no, I am actually, it's like a right suit you know like i'm getting the money back that was stolen from us okay yeah we're actually auditioning (laughs) for the reboot of suits if you didn't know they're bringing suits back i'll be an assistant you know that in real life you would be no the eyes you could be harvey's number two inspiration to start auditioning even though he's actually an actor that one guy his name is just out but he is not a named actor, but he just sent his audition in for Oppenheimer, like almost like as a joke, and he got the part. Ah. And I was just like, I'm going to start auditioning as a joke for a lot more movies now that I'm in a movie with James Franco. And potentially, you know, my later years, I could become an actor. Jeremy Renner did not become a movie star until he was in his 40s. And he's one of my, you know, one of my favorite actors. I believe in you as long as you don't have any intimate scenes with anybody uh, you always say that but like acting they have body doubles so like if it was a body double would you still have a problem if like no i just don't but want what you physically think? like i don't oh care my what God. people think oh, just checking because you could totally do the body double because uh, i'm gonna i just really don't want to watch you too. Oh, yeah. you're gonna be buff. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like dang your body double is ripped like yes yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm fine with that but i it's cheating in my mind that is the hottest take hollywood is just only because i wasn't an actor but what if i became an actor i'm saying no i'm not comfortable for that no that was our agreement no we make choices together i could have seen you marrying an actor though i don't know in a different life yeah and then if i did that would have been something i would agree to going into it like okay i have to so you you have to know this is the lifestyle if you started with that you know, I wouldn't have loved anybody as much as I love you. So I probably wouldn't care if it was somebody I didn't love as much. You can, you can manage. I'm like, whatever. Oh, okay. But you, okay. you are the love of my life. I, my soulmate. I see you in a different dimension being fine with being married to a movie star. If it was <laughs> a different situation. Yeah. <laughs> we are now going to this segment with Teddy Mellencamp. We actually met her, was it a year or two ago? At Disney on Ice, she's lovely. She has been on Bravo's Beverly Hills. Um, Housewives. Housewives. <laughs> Thank you. And we're excited to have her on. Let's. She's waiting. So to, uh, here we go. In. Let's bring on Teddy. That's such a cute name. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Here we are. We have Teddy Mellencamp here. She also has her own podcast, Two T's in a Pod, which is very cute. And it's 
right behind you. How are you? I'm good. You know, just hanging in like right after the Thanksgiving break, when you like hit the ground running again with family, you're just like, ah, but yeah. pulling it together. How about you guys? We're good. Where are you? I am in my little like podcast studio in my, in my house. Are you in LA or are you? Yeah, I'm in LA. Oh, okay. Okay. You are here. Um, how is the podcast going? How is everything with Tamara? Everything's good. I think it's, you know, people are like always expecting there to be more drama, but the good thing about me and Tamara is we get over things pretty quickly with one another. So we'll have like little, you know, we have little jabs and then we pull back together and we laugh and we have fun. And, you know, we really made a lemonade from what's the saying? Lemonade out of lemons with yeah, the pod yeah. because, you know, it's doing so well. So we're excited. So did you guys choose to partner up or was someone like, hey, why don't we have the two of you come together for this? Like, how, did you know Tamara? I didn't know her super well. I'd met her like at Andy's baby shower and we had, you know, like partied and had fun together. But um, I had already had a deal with iHeart. And, um, they, after I was no longer on the show, I was allowed to recap it. And they were like, Jay, they kept asking me, I'm like, you know what? I want to step away from it. I don't want to talk about housewives. I'm, you know, I'm no longer on the show. I got fired. Like, I just want to move on. And they were like, please. And you know, when people, when people throw this at you, then things seem more appealing. And, uh, so I just said, fine, but I want to have a co-host. And at that time, Tamara was also fired. So it worked out perfect. So when you say fired, cause I saw a clip or a comment section. So I called Mr. Alex Baskin to get the take. And I was like, why would you, uh, fire her? And he's like, well, I just was on her podcast and she asked me the same thing. And I said, it was, you were, I don't know, he maybe said self-conscious or whatever. And so from our experience, is that more of not self-conscious, but like image crafting where you just didn't, you knew, because I always say now being a housewife, the comments section and these blogs, and it's so much negativity that you try to like balance what's happening on the show knowing the blowback. Whereas back when we did reality TV, you didn't feel that you weren't so aware of like, Oh, all these people are just going to attack me. And then it starts becoming this balance of, is this worth it? Because you don't necessarily need it. So was that more of it? Cause I don't think that's firing. I almost think that's you just being like, I don't need this. And you know, is that kind of like, if you had wanted it, you could have kept it. Is that kind of, or am I off no, base? I mean, I think I think ultimately when I first came into the show, I, you know, it was my first experience with any reality television and I was not in the best place to be perfectly honest. Like I wasn't in a good place in my marriage. I was dealing with major postpartum. Um, I was just kind of struggling and I feel like my first year I was just doing my best to like micromanage everything in my life to like survive it. But weirdly, that was my best year. People were nicest to me my first year on the show. But as I started to get more comfortable, um, it just, you know, there just started to become a lot of heat surrounding it. And then, you know, a particular person quit the show and people said that was because of me. And then once that happened, the online hate was just a lot. And then I think I was pregnant my last season and I was just like, I'm here doing this, but uh, you know, I'll go, you know, I'm going to do this, say this, but I just didn't, my heart wasn't in it in the same way that I feel like I've grown now that I have my own podcast and feel comfortable in my own skin. Would you go back on if they asked um, you? I, I would not go back on in a limited capacity. Like there was multiple times this year that, you know, they asked, would you come on? Will you come film this? Like the dinner party from hell, um, is <laughs> part two is about to take place. And I, I was asked to film that night and I, and I said, no, there was one time this year that I did go back solely because a friend of ours passed away. And I wanted to be at that event to support m my other friend that was having it, but no, not in a limited capacity. See, I'm so thirsty, I guess, because like, I feel like that's the winning, like, I would love to just like be like a limited capacity on a show like that. Cause you come in, you get some action, promote yourself in the pod, not get invested in the drama and then you're out. But I guess it's like, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, but that's what a lot of people will say. But if you look back, you know, in the history of people who were 
you know, not that I ever was, but some of the really, you know, iconic housewives like uh, Camille, for example, when she was on her, you know, she was considered the most hated housewife. She came on her first season of Beverly Hills and she was nonstop got a lot of heat and then came back as a friend. And I don't necessarily think it ever really correlated the same because she, she wasn't fully in it. You're not immersed in the group. And then she would come in and it didn't seem authentic. It seemed like she was just trying to throw stuff and it didn't feel natural. And I, I wouldn't want to do that. I know I'm enough of a shit stir of my own that like, I have to have real relationships with everyone and not try to just have that extra five minutes of television. You know, it's so interesting you say that because I did, I used to watch the show religiously. And when she did come back on, it gave a weird feeling. It's like, what is she doing? And where is she coming in? And is she friends with this? So I do understand from like an audience point of view that it just kind of doesn't make sense. It just seems like this rant, almost like you weren't able to be a main cast member. So you're just, I don't know. It, it, I yeah, do see and I think, that. you know, my own ego too. I think, you know, we all have one. And especially as like, now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I can make the same amount of money from my bedroom <laughs> doing a podcast, talk, watching television shows. You know, do I, would I want to go back in a friend capacity and not feel like I'm a hundred percent part of the group. I don't know. I'm worried then like my old issues would come back in the same capacity of just like doing things that I wouldn't necessarily want to do because I would want to make that splash. And I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And you're still friends with Kyle, right? You guys were really close. Yeah. I'm seeing her tonight. I'm uh, working an event for extra doing the red carpet and she's going to be on it. So we are riding together to that event tonight. So, oh yeah. my gosh. How uh, fun. So I know Alex's podcast is behind a paywall, so not for long, <laughs> but if, if you're not paying for Alex Baskin's podcast, which is $5 a month, you haven't seen his episode with Kyle. And I never thought anything with her and Mauricio was fake. Why would the audience... Anybody in the comment section be thinking that she, like she's never been this like story. Like I get Heidi and Spencer, they make up story, but she was never like she protected that marriage so much. Why would she want to have any negativity? Like why would the audience that's so smart to the show in the sense all of a sudden think she would change her character so much in your opinion? It, or like I think because people really want to believe in, you know, that marriage is always a fairy tale. And it's not. I'm sure you guys know, like, you guys probably have really good years and then really bad months. And then it goes like, I mean, at least I do in my life. Um, if you guys are always perfect, then kudos to y'all. But <laughs> I just, I, do, I don't know a marriage that you don't really have highs and lows with and that you don't have to work through. And I think that when things started to shift, People just, you know, they want to throw throw stones because they just can't possibly wrap their head around that what they've been watching for the past however many years could have shifted in any way. Also, they have kids involved. So there's no reason that they would want negativity in their marriage or anything like that in the press. I mean, it seems like they're both being really respectful of each other and not saying anything and like trying to be supportive. I'm not in the comment section or like read everything you have, but I haven't seen anything. And I think that's a really great way to go about it. It's like, well, what is the priority? No matter if you're together or not, it's the family, it's the children. So even if they're going separate ways or like dating separate people, the respect factor just seems so important. And also what kind of person at the, at this point in their life would make up a complete storyline that could be hard for their kids, their marriage, everything just for views. I just don't know anyone that would actually do that. It's one thing when you watch the shows, like even back in the day of like the original, the Hills or any of those types of things, you guys were so young. Yeah. But yeah. like when you have grown kids that are going to be watching the show, I, I just don't know a human being that has that in there. Yeah, that's right. A, and they're they're not broke. Like they're very successful. So it's not like they don't need if there's not one more season of Housewives, they're still set for life. Like I get if you're like, you know, trying to like, oh, we got to keep the show alive, but they don't need it. The thing, though, that. I feel like pushes that narrative of just this like or like my new mortal enemy Jeff Lewis at BravoCon was like uh he's like oh I 
Mauricio or Kyle hates Mauricio. It's like, do they, how, where does he get like that? Did you see that clip? I'm scrolling. Oh, a yeah. Lot. I mean, he came after me too. And I sent him a text. I'm like, hey, I've been seeing that you've been sending flowers to everyone apologizing for the things you said at BravoCon. Weird. Where are mine? What did he say to you? Oh, he said about me, he said, I did Teddy's program once. I mean, it really worked for me. I mean, people die doing it, Um, which is obviously he's here's the thing. I think he's always looking for the laugh and regardless of who it may hurt in that process. And so for me, it's like, I know that that's never happened. Nobody's nobody's died doing my program. He thought it was a funny joke. He knew he would get a laugh. And I think that's just, that's the showman in him that always takes over. That's always going to want to give that punchline. Do you have a fitness program we don't know about? Yes, I have, uh, it's called All In by Teddy. Oh, is it how many that minutes? That we do know about. No, I mean, I'm sure uh, you know about it. Got everybody a lot of, knows, Spencer. Everybody no, I, knows. Uh, you know about our fit. Maybe the audience, somebody in our audience didn't know. Where do they, how long is this fitness thing? Is it, I'm sorry. I'm, I no, clearly no am problem. on an eating program. So I don't, I haven't been following your, um, <laughs> <laughs> fitness So thing. essentially my entire life, I, um, struggled, you know, with my body image and weight and also, you know, either restriction or too much. And, you know, there was a time after I had my kids and I had miscarriages where post having a baby, I, you know, everybody's like, oh, the weight just falls right off. You're just chasing your kids and then you lose all this weight. And that actually wasn't happening for me. I was gaining weight. I'd gotten over 200 pounds. I'd lost myself. I had lost my marriage. I felt like I'd lost a big part of my purpose. And so I started and originally it was just an Instagram for me. And I just, this was before a television show or anything like that. And I just said, hi, I'm Teddy. Follow along if you're interested. I'm changing my life today. And I used Instagram to hold me accountable for a year. And everybody, oh, you know, immediately saw the physical changes, but then all of the other changes that started coming with it, people were like, okay, I want I want to be held accountable to making these changes in my life. And everybody has different goals. Some people it's losing weight. Some people it's I want to run my first marathon. Some people it's like I've been with this cheating husband for years and I don't even feel good enough that I feel like I can tell him we have to go to therapy or I need to leave or whatever it may be. So we just essentially hold you accountable to whatever your personal goals are. And right now we're changed over 35,000 lives. I have um, over 25 coaches that work for me. So it's... It's really amazing. And it's the only thing that's ever worked for me. And now here I am nine years later, and I'm just so appreciative to all in. What are your biggest tips for moms in postpartum? If somebody's just feeling. Um, I think the first tip is being vulnerable with the people that you care about. You know, I remember thinking right after I had kids, I needed to feel like super mom every single day. And if I didn't, I wasn't good enough or that I would be judged by my husband or my other mom friends or, you know, the people in mommy and me that were effortlessly breastfeeding when I was like getting my third round of mastitis, you know, all of those mm-hmm. things. I think the first thing is being vulnerable with what you're struggling with um, to just even one person, because feeling like you're not alone is, is a big, is a big help. Um, but then also just small little things that you hold yourself accountable to each day, whether it's a 20 minute walk or 20 minute meditation, or I'm going to read or whatever it is that makes you feel good and doing that and checking it off the list every day gives you that sense of accomplishment. And once you start building that accomplishment, you're like, wow, I can do this. I can make these changes to my, you know, in my life. And it's not like a new year's resolution that you end up giving up after, you know, two weeks because you don't, you don't build that confidence. I'm going to do that. I think that is such good advice. It's hard being a mom and it's hard balancing all the things and postpartum or not postpartum. You know, what you were just saying just resonates so much. It's like, I am going to do the 20 minutes. That is such a good recommendation because also you're so immersed in these kids and being busy and, you know, working and all these different things to find a few minutes for yourself can be really challenging. Yeah. And and then also, once you start lying to yourself and you say, I'm going to start Monday and then Monday comes and you don't do it. And then, you know, you just continue down that spiral. You stop believing in yourself. You can do it. I'm starting on Tuesday. Um, You can do it. Hard pivot before I forget. Um, What about you joining Southern Charm now that we saw how 
your chemistry of friendship with Shep is just like incredible. Oh <laughs> How about are you single or married, Teddy? I am married. And, okay. No, um, I didn't mean, I said chemistry, friendship, chemistry, no. friendship. No, I know, but I heard, yeah. I heard marriage problems before and then I didn't, I just didn't know where. Yeah, no, I mean, I am a divorcee from my first husband, but okay, I've been married what, to Edwin okay. and we've been together 15 years. Oh, that's right. Um, and you have children with Edwin. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And we're good. But um, no, Shep, I've known since we were you know, in the third grade. And we just have always had such a blast. And then when he ended up coming on Southern Charm and girls would come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, you know, Shep, I have a crush on him. I was like, what? <laughs> Shepherd? <laughs> like, no, you know, so it's just, it's hilarious. I mean, I, if I lived in Charleston, I think Southern Charm would be a hoot, but I, I'm not planning on moving anytime soon. If you could join any of the Housewives franchises, which is your favorite and which one would you join? Oh my God. Gosh, Miami. Really? <laughs> Miami is the lifestyle, the, I mean, every single, there, one, there's so many different housewives and friend ofs that you can follow so many different storylines and be invested. It's so good. I, Every place they go, there's like life, you know, like sometimes you'll watch Beverly Hills or these other ones and you'll see them in a restaurant and there's not one other human there. Maybe the producer that's like pretending to have a coffee, but like <laughs> Miami is bustling and it's fun and they seem to move through the drama pretty effortlessly. So Miami or I mean, Salt Lake would be pretty good too, but I hate being cold. So which do you think is the best and the worst housewife in Miami? Oh, the best and the worst. Um, it depends what your definition of the best is. Like, is the best the person that creates the best television? What do you or think? Or is the best who I want to be closest friends with? Both. Well, what do you, what, yeah, what defines the best housewife to you? Like, do you think okay. it's the person who brings the drama or do you think it's the more constant person? Who Who's your favorite character? Well, I think when it comes to housewives of somebody who recaps housewives you need someone that isn't afraid to be messy to be themselves um to stir the shit like i appreciate a shit stir so like watching miami i mean larsa is stirring it like no other this year so i appreciate that i think that um Alexia does a, a quite nice job stirring it. But if I was going to pick somebody who I thought would I would want to be closest with, Dr. Nicole, not only because she's like cool and fun and easygoing, she has a nice yacht, a nice house. I'm like, I, I could I could mesh into friendship with you, Nicole. What about the um, Orange County housewives? Is that something you would ever think about joining? I mean, you're with Tamara. And then is Vicky on it or is she not on it? I know you guys had like a falling out. Oh what happened with Vicky? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I mean, essentially long and story. I mean, it's such like a drawn out story. But when I started doing the podcast with Tamara, Vicky got upset and did a bunch of press interviews about why would she ever do a podcast with me? And then once it became number one, it just started getting worse and worse. And then I maybe did a shitty tweet and pissed her off. And then it got worse once we got to BravoCon. And what did oh, you what happened, like, wait, she, wait, what happened at BravoCon? <laughs> is this that. just now at BravoCon? Yeah, that's last week. Yeah, or, I was oh. not great. I am oh. honest. I haven't even been able to barely go on Twitter because my abuse has been a lot. But I, they had me surprise Vicky at the um, <laughs> squash the beef, watch what happens live, like right after she was named, like, well, I don't know, housewife of life or whatever it was, some big award. And I went on and I thought she was going to originally like be ready to squash the beef. Like, shouldn't you be like happy? You just got this big thing. They brought me on. And as soon as I walked out, she was just like, Ugh at me and she's like you're just gross and you're pathetic and I may have said something along the lines of um I used to think you were just jealous of my relationship and success with Tamara but now I think you're just triggered by somebody with cancer Ugh, not my finest moment oh because she supposedly made up that whole storyline cancer storyline and like it here's the thing maybe maybe i had one too many margaritas maybe i didn't need to go there but like i personally am struggling and she has never once been nice to me no matter how hard i've tried for the sake of our friend tamra and it doesn't matter who i dislike 
I still will support my friends. So like Tamara goes on tour with Trace Amigas. I want them to sell out. I want them to do well because I have true love and compassion and care for Tamara. The fact that she can't do that in reverse shows me the kind of person she is. Did the whole BravoCon crowd go, oh, did you get one of those good reactions? Or uh, no? I was like, <laughs> thankfully, like the mic kind of cut out. So then it was like awkward. I mean, all anything that could have gone wrong in this moment went wrong. <laughs> and then I was just like the next day, just everyone lost it. I mean, that, and she's like, quit talking about me as if it's me, like banging down the door at Watch What Happens Live at BravoCon. Like, can I do this? Like, no, you're asked. You don't just show up. So I think you need to go on the Housewives of Orange County. Is Vicky on or off? I haven't seen it in a little. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. She's not on. She was on this year as a I don't even know if it's considered a friend. She came a couple of times, but every time she came on, she said, I don't want to be involved in drama. So I don't know if that's like the ticket to, oh, great. I really want to hire this person back full time. So I don't know. Um, but in regards to Orange County, I mean, we have a house there. I love Orange <laughs> County, but I also feel like that could be that could be dicey territory for my other job that I really love. <laughs> yeah, with you and Tamara. So. <laughs> You guys, so what is the deal with Tamara? I always really liked her because I like how she just kind of puts it out there and she's like, I'm a Christian, but I'm kind of crazy, but I'm doing this and I don't care if you judge me. And I just, I thought her whole style was really authentic and cool and um, interesting, obviously, to watch. Is she that person in real life or is that more of a persona? No, I mean, she is 100% like, she is going to say it like it is. She doesn't filter herself. She doesn't edit herself. She is just going to give you her thoughts. And what she really can't stand is a bullshitter. So if she feels like someone is trying to pull the wool over her eyes, that's when she's going to, you know, she's okay with a disagreement, but if she feels like she's being conned, it, she's going to have a hard time letting it go. But you, but then once she lets it go, she really does. Like, well, I don't. I feel like I can carry a grudge for lifetime. <laughs> she can. <laughs> she can actually. Once she says she's over it, she can. Why don't you have her talk Vicky into coming on two teas in a pod and just having like a record breaking podcast episode with the? We three had of you. her on at the beginning after she went on Access Hollywood and talked about me. I had her on, and then it was just this chaos, and then it just she never has been able to kind of get over it. And so she, she's, she's the one that kind of stirs it with me. And then she doesn't like that. I fight back. And then she's unable to have any self-realization. Oh shit. I started this. Yeah. But I'm not that person that like, if you're going to keep coming for me at some point, I'm going to strike back. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like that's been her MO kind of from the beginning. And that's why her and Tamara, I mean, throughout their history, they've had a lots of like ups and downs and getting along and not. And, you know, it seems like from watching it. So it's hard. That's hard when she seems also really territorial and kind of jealous, I'm sure, of Tamara and the podcast, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it seems so silly to yeah. me. I'm like, at the end of the day, like, don't we all, I mean, I want anybody that's on any of these reality television shows that are no longer on to succeed, to make money, to do well, to find their way. So that to me is just kind of like, ugh. yeah, it's good yuck. for the whole business. Who do you think is the ultimate housewife? Who should have won that award instead of Vicky? I mean, I think Vicky is the OG of the OC. I'm glad she won. I think she needed it. I need think she needed that feather in her cap. I watching season one of Orange County, I'd never watched it before, but we just did flashback episodes where we watched season one of Orange County. I loved watching her then. Like when she didn't know what was going on and it was just chaos. Like, I think, you know what? She deserved that win. Do I think there's been also like, now there's become master like readers, which, you know, they can give a read like no one else. Like Kenya can give a read like no one else. Um, Giselle, like there, there's just different housewives from different franchises that have really, you know, cap, you know, you know, it gotten our attention a lot more as of late. But I think, you know what? Vicky deserves it. What do you mean Golf by master reader? Like reads the room or like the audience or what does that mean? Like, is it, like for example, Candace Dillard from Potomac. 
she can give a confessional read of a human being or a circumstance effortlessly. It doesn't feel scripted. It doesn't feel forced. It just feels like it'll just come off. Like it just comes off her tongue and it's always funny. It's always shady. It's always over the top. You always know that she's going to piss the other person off. Like she just, she does it effortlessly where I think some housewives are, you know, a lot in their head during their confessionals or they don't say what they really want to say because they want to be perceived as somebody that's a good guy or they're reading what Twitter's saying and they're trying to respond to that and be that person. So, you know, I just appreciate the ones that just are who they are. What percentage of that, though, because from we had never done testimonials until this Hills reboot. I guess we've done them on different shows. But what I noticed with like my testimonials is who that story producer who was like reading the beats they wanted almost gave me the like the line that's like the hottest. Like, I wonder in these scenarios, because, you know, sometimes you'll get a different person and then it's not as good. And that other person knows exactly so I wonder what percentage of these people that are really good at the reads have like just a great like producer doing the behind the testimonial. Well, I also think it's it's about a con- the connection with the particular producer. So like for Beverly Hills, for example, we had three main producers. So we would have different producers come for every confessional. So even though we'd be in the same shirt 25 times doing these confessionals, it may be a different producer every time. And your natural chemistry with that producer is going to either make you shadier or it's going to make you kind of clam up. Like there was one that I just, I never fully had that connection with. And I feel like I always felt nervous during it versus like the, you know, another guy who just, it was so effortless for me. I felt like I was talking to a friend and I would say things that maybe I wouldn't naturally normally say to somebody that I was just an acquaintance with. Or the key is just having a margarita or champagne and you don't care who the producer is and you just kind of pro, off to the yeah, races. Pro, pro hack. <laughs> yeah, being pregnant my third season oh my and gosh, not being right. able to, do, I mean, eight months pregnant doing that, I was like, this is torture. Yeah, that looked hard. I did watch some of that season. I was like, oh my gosh, poor Teddy. And you were like at the end of the pregnancy too. And like even being there with that drama and were you in New York or where'd you guys go? Somewhere? We were in New York. And then we went to maybe Rome. Like yeah, we were like, all over the place. Like I remember having to get, I had to get permission to fly overseas because uh, I was so far along in my pregnancy. Like, like it was a doozy. That so, alone is so incredibly stressful. I hope you got a huge bonus for that. Did <laughs> oh you, no, no comment. Did oh you gosh. ever say to Alex Baskin, like, I'm pregnant, like I'll bring it when I'm not pregnant? Like, how do you have the same expectations? for me and my performance here as these non-pregnant drinking like like did you ever be like when I'm not pregnant I will deliver what you're expecting like you know no because it wasn't really ever about that for me I always um I like I did the dirty work always like that was but I think the problem with me was we didn't see the other side of it so like we didn't see me also like towards the like my last two seasons like we didn't see me really with my family much or my husband or my friendships or anything else where I wasn't just relaying bad news to another housewife. So I think it's really hard to connect with that person if they're only the shit starter. Do you think that's what happened with Lisa Renna that they put her in that box of, you know, stopped having the connection where you like Lisa Renna if anyone liked her and they made her this like messenger of bad news and beefs. And like, once you get, once you become that, they use you to the, get the things. And then the audience rejects that. And then it's like, they throw you out kind of. Well, I think it's also, uh, you know, yes, of course. Do I think there are people that naturally come on the show and they know they're there to do a job and they're going to do the best possible job they can, regardless if it's going to make them look bad. Do I think that Lisa Renna and I both fell you know, uh, fell into that trap in some capacity. Yes. But I would never say anyone made us do those things. Like nobody was like, Teddy, you have to say this, but we would be at a dinner or, you know, and I, Lisa Ren and I would both know certain information and there would be a moment where you look at each other and you're like, who's going to do this? So you were, you weren't on team Bethany then against uh, a Bravo and in her, uh, 
here's no i think here's the thing bethany if you what you were doing was not self-serving i would be all for it if this was all about union not you know unionization sorry unionization or if you wanted better work life for the crew or the cat like any of that i get it but you coming on and taking people and interviewing them so you can make money and they won't is such a double standard to me and also, you said some of the most terrible things of any housewife to other human beings that anyone ever said. And you're still saying them. So clearly, you haven't developed a new conscience. Yeah, that's very true. That's what we were saying. Spencer's like, well, at least pay Raquel or pay somebody coming on because you're totally dragging them into this. And then you're the one profiting off of it at this point. I just, yeah, like, do you think guys think Raquel looked good after that interview? No. Yeah. And yeah. Bethany asked her questions that led her into not even taking any accountability. Like, she could have been with somebody, like, a professional at doing those types of interviews who could have made her... Because at this point, I'm like, I don't give a shit that they 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 had that whole affair at this point. I'm like, I'm done with it. <laughs> right. But... We never cared. Like, I'm just like, whatever. Who hasn't on that show? Here we go. Yeah. But they could have set her up to have a redeeming interview and it was not that. Well, I think the franchise would have set her up to have a redeeming interview. I think she should have stayed on the show and, you know, whoever was behind the scenes would have guided her to have it because the thing with these shows, they do make you likable or at least on your shows, I feel like they do redeem you. They do want a more fair story. So I think her best bet would have been staying on Vanderpump Rules, telling her story, sticking in there, being like, I'm here. They would have filmed her. She totally sabotaged her own career. I mean, allegedly they were going to pay her more money. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you have somebody in your ear, like a best, Bethany, who has been able to drop in and out of shows and do these types of things and produce her own shows and make a ton of money, who knows, selling products from Target. I don't even know what she's doing on her Snapchat or TikTok or whatever it is. (laughs) But if that kind of person is in your ear and telling you, like, you're being used, you're being this, you're being that, but now you're in a situation where you could have made a substantial amount of more money to go on and tell your story after you saw how it played out and redeemed your yourself but instead now you're here with you know a four-part interview with bethany that she capitalized on that now you're still in the same situation you were before you don't see tom sandoval folding up and quitting the show it's like that guy is taking this all the way to the bank he's on a fox freaking show he's standing up on BravoCon. he's wearing skirts all around i'm like who is this he's on two shows he's on special forces mass singer um like nonstop, he is. But also, he even watching him on Special Forces made me like him again. Like I was like, oh my gosh, he wants to punish himself. He Please knows how punch bad me he in the up. face, Jack Osborne. She should have gone on Special Forces, tortured herself. She they totally should have both been on, and it would have been the best show. I would actually watch it. <laughs> oh, um, that would have been speaking so Speaking of, I don't know if we got to call Baskin if you would do this. Imagine a reality show where it's all the fired housewives competing for the pick of a main role on the housewives franchise of their choice. <laughs> Tell me that is not the like, cause I, like traders is this big show. I don't even watch it. I don't know, but I'm imagining all the fired housewives. There's like hitters. It doesn't mean, you know, there's, you know, that's not the worst people. The problem is, Spencer, this already exists. It's called ultimate girls trip. If you're on that show and you do well, then the most of the time you get brought back in some capacity. Think about Tamara. She went on girls trip after she was fired from OC and then had an amazing season and then got hired back on OC. I pitched this show to MTV and I was like, we should do, and this was before this girls trip. And I was like, we should do this on MTV with all these different people from Road Rules, from Jersey Shore, from the Hills. Yeah, I was like, we should do all the ones and have a girls trip. For two weeks, what did I say? To, or something. I pitched it to MTV. Welcome I'm to so Hollywood, honey. ahead of this. So I want to do like a Love Island of all the singles from all of the different shows. Well, now, so it's like a house of villains, but for happening. the singles. Andy's going to totally steal that from you, and it's going to be on Bravo. Speaking of Andy, 
Do you like Andy? Is he a nice human being? Is he, what is, what is Andy like to Andy you? Andy has been nothing but like nice to me. He's, you know, went above and beyond. We both promoted the Melanoma Research Foundation this year. He gave my, he gave me my award and he did the speech beforehand. I think people sometimes misread how Andy's being, because you have to also imagine he's always in his ear. So like, if you're on Watch What Happens Live, or if you're at the reunion, he's getting that next question or he's getting that next information. So sometimes people will be like, oh, did you feel like he cut you off or this happened? I'm like, no, he's preparing for the next quite like he is infiltrated by tons of loudmouth housewives all the time and he's trying to get the questions he has to get out so sometimes i think it can come across like that but i love andy and he's been nothing but kind and nice to me and he came on he our podcast was the first one he came on to talk about his book and he was so happy we could read it i was like in a shocking turn of events we can read does he favorite people though like is he not are you like in the Andy crew or you're not like, or is that a thing? Like, are you one um, of his favorites I, probably? And that's why I'm definitely probably not one of his favorites, but he's <laughs> never not. I don't, I'm very few people's favorites, but uh, he's never not texted me back when I texted him. You know, I think that's, that's the thing. Like he always is responsive. So we got an amazing, credible, thank you ringer, you know, almost a book about your life story that I skimmed very deeply. And so your father on a whole different note was super famous singer, but you lived with Shep away from all this action. So what part of your life did you ever connect to like, oh my gosh, I'm connected with stardom or was that not until you became a famous on your own? You know, I think there was always a part of me ever since I was a young kid. You know, I I grew up riding horses and I I got my I would I don't know if it's confidence or I, I don't know rocks off by winning. So for me, I think fame or being on a television show or making money has always been something that it's like that fills that gap in me. And whether that's healthy or very unhealthy <laughs> is probably you know preaching the choir. That, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. that part that wants to feel worthy. So it's like, I will work my ass off. I will say yes to 90% of things. If I'm getting paid, if it could help my career, if all those different things. And I think it's, you know, partially because my dad is like, listen, you have to work. Like you, you don't have a trust fund. You, you never did. If you want to be successful, you have to work your ass off. And that's kind of always how I've lived my life. So even though I grew up with my mom and my sister in South Carolina, we'd go to my dad's every other, you know, weekend. And both parents were kind of the same, like figure it out. When I decided to move out here at 17, they're like, we'll, we'll ship your Jetta out there, but then you're on your own. Do you, did you really not have a trust fund or did he just make that up to motivate you to work? No, I, I sadly, I, I still don't have a trust fund. Where did he just send it all to charity or is he keep like what? He just has it. I don't <laughs> know. Like, maybe um, his favorite kid at the end will get like, it all. So maybe he like. I hope it's a joke. Yeah. Like, oh, no, wait that's a second. so interesting. Uh, no. um, yeah. It's so interesting when like there's that royalty almost and how and how that all works. Well, we met you at Disney on ice. Was that two years ago? I feel like it was like our first event we could do post COVID. Like it was like the first event people didn't have masks on that I went to. Yeah, I think we're the only people. I had them. a mask on. Oh, yeah, we, I had we one here. All, I had one near. We do all of the government's. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. Requests, of course. Well, hopefully we'll see you there this year too. How old are your kids now? They are three, nine. 11 and 14. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. How is three? That's four. She... Oh, four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I... Oh, I thought you meant three years old. Uh, but, oh, uh, yeah. the... right. Four kids I mean, are age three. Yeah. yeah. Age Amount. three oh. is finally where you see the turn for me. Like I, the first two years are really hard for me. Like, but we just three age three is good. But four kids, it's like, it's chaos all the time. But I'm, I'm, as you may notice, very type A. So I'm able to kind of manage the schedule and then also give people a little heads up when I need to like pump the brakes and have some time to not fully spiral. And how are you doing? Are you, are you good? And, um, I don't know this update with the cancer and the, 
um, um, charity and everything like that. Are you okay? Well, as of now, I am not cancer free. So I'm on immunotherapy and, um, which it's so crazy that a cream can make you feel so lousy. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? This, uh, it's a cream I put on my body, but essentially most people have like one melanoma and they put it on this little dot and there it goes. But my spot, you know, is my entire shoulder and that, and a part of my arm. So it's just blistered and in pain. And then it kind of attacks your immune system from the inside out. So you're just a little lethargic and not feeling like yourself. But I go in for my doctor's appointment in two weeks and they do a whole bunch of more biopsies and see if I am. And if I'm not cancer-free, then we'll end up doing a skin graft and take skin from my stomach and replace it for my arm. And then hopefully I will be. I'm so sorry that you've been dealing with that. And thank you for being such an inspiration and sharing that and your foundation and just we'll say some prayers and thoughts thank for you, you. And- everybody go get your skin checked because everyone thinks that a mole it's going to look like a standard mole mine were white spots oh wow body. so wow go get your yearly skin checks okay i have a uh, lot of white spots i, I definitely should get a checked walking I didn't know white that. spot i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, definitely do well that. Where do people sign up for this Instagram or to get a coach? You know, obviously listen to two T's in a pod, but any uh, for our listeners that want to get a coach. Oh, you can also go to allinbyteddy.com. And uh, we are actually offering a big discount right now because we want to make it affordable for everybody to make these changes, especially before the holidays. Most people are like, oh, I want to wait until after the new year and do that. But the statistics are that I think it's 89 percent of people uh, quit the resolutions within the first month. So start ahead of time. Yeah, we like to start you on your pattern so you're feeling your best going into the new year um so you can do that or you can always just go to at teddy mellencamp and send me a dm Boom. Well, well you're amazing hopefully we'll see you on disney on ice and back on tv one day i always love if you, you want but obviously yeah, yeah, more not, success now on your podcast but you know i mean i want to do don't get me wrong i want to be on tv in some capacity like <laughs> i'm looking right. i got my eyes all out. right you better get on that girls trip you better jump I, in there I mean, Spencer, are we going to be on House of Villains together next season? You know, they would have to <laughs> find a new budget because I, you know, I, you know, for me to consider myself a villain, you have to, you have to pay. What would you, okay, what would you consider yourself? A hero until you pay me to be a villain, you know, <laughs> like for their budget, I'm a hero. I'm, I'm going on there. And super, very self-aware. Super likable with that budget they offer, you know, I mean, I'm just be chilling, <laughs> cooking everyone food, lots of tacos. Um, but no, that, you know, my villain days, I, I'm a mercenary. You gotta, you gotta pay to, to have me risk putting that type of energy out there. No, they just have to pay you for work, right? Right. To yeah, like you have yeah, to pay. Like, pay. I'm not just pay. showing up. Like they paid me to do a cameo as a host. And they're like, can you stay for like three hours? And then they're expecting me to like beef out with everybody that I have. Most of these people, I don't even know who they are, let alone respectfully. Like they don't know why I'm like, I don't know who you are either. So okay, we got to, you know, our listeners are like. So maybe, maybe we'll see. If maybe. All right, fine. Special forces. Yeah, no. Special forces. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm actually, yes. you know, just trying to be a movie star. I'm going to start auditioning. I'm pivoting. You're pivoting? Yeah, yeah. All right, right. well, I, invite me to your first premiere. I'll be there. Yeah, it'll probably be on Zoom. Thank you so much, Teddy. Bye, guys. Bye. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.